cheese and chowder. What's going on, my dudes? Welcome back to another episode of Cheese and Chowder, the RML podcast, episode number 16. And with you, as always, your hosts, Cheese and Chowder. Brad, how we doing? I'm all right. Like always, I am excited for another episode. Can you believe it's already episode 16? Feels just like yesterday we were doing episode one. And uh, I know we haven't been providing as much content as we would like. It's been a busy couple of months for both of us, but hopefully we're getting a little bit of a groove here, and uh, we have a lot of uh, good stuff coming up for you guys today. Indeed. Yes, sir. And Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to 2020, the first episode of 2020 and uh, first of the new decade. So Happy New Year to everyone, and hope everyone has a great year, and yeah, let's uh jump right into what we got in store for you guys so first we're gonna kind of just recap what happened in season three then we'll get into some other stuff uh later on so all right let's talk about it so last season season three already flying by we're already in season four now um but season three was an interesting one definitely a lot of drama and controversy around surrounding the playoffs and just in general, um, you know, some big names leaving, things like that. So a lot happened last year, but um, in the end, it all turned out the same because that and uh, the Super Bowl champion uh, ended up being the New Orleans Saints. So that's their second Super Bowl title in the first three seasons. Now, of course, we know that's a different user with VIP coming in late as BLD. Uh, had had to make his exit, but let's go through what happened. Uh, the NFC Championship game uh, featured the New York Giants, the New York Football Giants, and the New Orleans Saints. So Weasel versus VIP. Um, VIP without his star middle linebacker Devin Bush in that game, but it would not make a difference. He routed Weasel 55 to 21 in an absolute blowout, proving that you know. Weasel just couldn't hang with the big dog once again. So, um, yeah, tough one. Brad, you were in the playoffs. Uh, what do you what you think of the NFC showing? Uh, you know, we had a couple of good games early on in the divisional wildcard weeks and stuff. I played Maddening in a hell of a game with a comeback and two forced fumbles by Hill and Mahomes cost him the game. And then I ran into uh, Weasel, and Weasel and I played a hell of a game, probably one of the best games this Madden, if I had to say, in RML. It was just like back-and-forth battle, and he just came out on top. There was no controversy that game, thankfully. Nothing, no bad calls. Not just any a, Toegate Part 2, right? No, no, no just, Togate a, just a crazy uh, triple coverage catch by his tight end. Yeah. But it is what it is. Uh, and then he, you know, he made it, like you said, versus VIP, VIP got blown out. Uh, you know, so it was just kind of unfortunate the way that VIP had to leave the league and all the controversy surrounding the whole playoffs of this year. But we've moved on, and you know, but we can't deny, you know, what happened. It happened. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's for sure. But uh, so in the AFC side, then we had um, the Ravens and Colts met in the AFC Championship game, and 
Uh, Beast Mode got there by beating Danny in the divisional round. Uh, huge, huge win for him there, finally taking that big leap that, you know, I predicted a long time ago. And um, also, you know, just a huge win. Danny, you know, leaving early, it's not like him. You know, he's been in, um, you know, all the, he's been in both Super Bowls before this and obviously in the AFC Championship games as well. And of course, in previous Maddens, he's always been a perennial Super Bowl contender. So to see him exit that early was pretty shocking to say the least. But um, yeah, Ravens advanced. And uh, it kind of reminded me a little bit actually of, of how Danny, you know, kind of stunned BLD in that season two Super Bowl. Um, Ravens just has, he just was so good on defense against Danny, and he really just didn't allow Danny's offense to get in any sort of rhythm. And yeah, he was able to win. And then of course he meets Doughboy in the AFC Championship, winner taking on VIP in the Super Bowl, and that was a defensive battle as well. And the final of that one ended up being fourteen to twelve in favor of the Colts. The Colts go on to the Super Bowl for the first time in Madden 20, and Doughboy had a chance to get his first Super Bowl ring in RML. But as we said before, uh, that was not the case, and the Saints were victorious in the Super Bowl, winning 35-17. to So, like we said, VIP and the Saints, congrats on that one. Um, obviously, you know, Maybe that didn't go as we planned afterwards, but, you know, it is what it is. Like we said, we'll move on. Um, history is history, and that's basically all you really have to say about that. And, uh, and as far as the AFC of last year's playoffs goes, the uh, AFC championship is interesting to me in the Beast Mode. Beast Mode, uh, 14 or 12 Doughboy beat Beast Mode. And, you know, Doughboy usually runs a pretty high-powered offense, usually scores, you know, 30 points at least. But, like, Beast Mode did all last year. He had, like, the number one ranked defense. But it hurt him not having his offense. You know, he doesn't have any offense. And if you can score, like, two or three possessions on him, like, you'll be fine. He went 5 for 12 passing, didn't really run much. And this is coming back to bite him again this season, which we'll we'll get into later today um but just you know I th- they say defense wins championships but you have to score at least a little bit yeah very true yeah his defense is definitely one of the best and that really kind of propelled him to the top of the league uh last season and you know but yeah like you said i mean this is this is definitely a defensive you know a league where defense can win you games very often and can put you in you know that upper echelon of players but it's also a super high-powered offensive league, and we've seen that with just about every Super Bowl champion we've had is some sort of elite offense. And most of the perennial Super Bowl contenders we have have an elite offense. So it's very rare, actually, to see um, really elite defenses uh, succeeding because, obviously, it's just really difficult uh, to play uh a sound defense all the time in every game, especially against some of the better guys. So, yeah, it's unfortunate that he wasn't able to kind of string together some more points. Obviously, you know, having to set up for those field goals and things like that just didn't help him out. Um, I know he's trying to work on some things this year with his offense, um, so maybe we'll see a resurgence later in the year. But as you said, it's not it's, it hasn't worked out for him on the offensive side so far. So we'll see if he can bounce back. All right, so that yeah, that was season three. Quick 
quick little recap there for you. Um, yeah, let's go. Let's go ahead and take a, a gander at what's happening in season four. Uh, we're in about week six, week seven right now, so a little bit, a little few, a little bit into it. Um, definitely getting an idea, a nice little blurry picture of of what's going on, Brad. But um, yeah, I mean, <coughs> right, what let's what what surprises have we seen so far? There's a few, quite a few surprises, and a lot of good surprises uh, among them. And the let's start in the AFC, and the one that really sticks out right now is you got your typical one seed at the top right there, Doughboy, at four and zero. But in the two seed right now is the New York Jets at four and zero right now, and at the two seed, Bundy building an amazing team, 88 overall right now, and only getting better, and it's pretty young. And he's doing um, it with defense for sure. I mean, he's only allowed 50 points in four games. Pretty impressive. He has, he has the first ranked defense in, in in RML right now this season. Offense is lacking to say the least. Although he's got a little bit of running game going. But and if you look at his schedule, beat Seth week one, Snorts week two, Bills week three, which actually might be a quality win, which we'll get into in a second. And then week five beating Bruce, so big win there. And uh, got a challenge coming up this week, which might be played by the time this releases. Uh, Chiefs versus Jets. So, first Bundy's first real test, I think. Well, maybe Bruce can count too. But looking at the rest of the schedule, I think Bundy's got a good shot to uh, win the division finally this year. But the Bills are hanging in there too, and it's kind of a good segue because the Bills are also my other surprise here. I said at five and one. Um, I think Bills has always had potential. He just kind of always leveled out at five hundred. But off to a really good start this year. His only loss being to Bundy, beating you, Cheese, yep. thirteen to three, holding you to three points. Now, that that's yeah. sad. That is sad. It's almost was, sad than losing I'm a rut. Forty. I'm in a bad rut. <laughs> you can't. Yeah. Nobody. Nobody talked to me about that. But uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of weird because this is you know we always ragged on the AFC East as you know being one of the worst divisions and. Generally, always having a you know a, around 500 division champ, but this year maybe it's different. Maybe this is the year we see one or even two guys now that, that it looks like it might be um, in that 10 to 12 win category that you know might get you know maybe they'll get the three seed instead of the four seed for once. But um, yeah, it's kind of interesting. But it's also got to feel pretty you know shitty for both the Jets and the Bills being like, oh, man, I'm off to this great start. You know, I'm in this easy cakewalk division, and all of a sudden now both, oh, this guy, you know, now I got this guy on my tail. So, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I hope it's a little battle between them kind of develops, and, you know, maybe they'll, let's see, do they meet late in the season maybe? Let's find out. I did, I did, well, I know they just played a couple of weeks ago. Uh, um, week seven, week seven is the second matchup, so they play oh, next man. So stupid Madden, always getting those games out of the way early. All right, well that's another big game then for both of them, obviously. And yeah, I'd say, uh, yeah, I mean it's gonna be very interesting to see those two battling it out. Um, and and obviously Motherload never count him out either too. So um, yeah, it should be pretty interesting for the AFC East, which is probably the first time we've ever said that. <laughs> and then uh, continuing on on the AFC, I think the AFC West is. Shaping up to be very interesting right now. Obviously, it's still very early, and it's, it's hard to really know how things are going to shape out. <clears throat> but at this moment in time, on Daddy Leagues, the Oakland Raiders 
are fourth in the AFC West, sitting at three and three. Is this finally the year that Danny is not king of the AFC West? And is there a chance that could Danny miss the playoffs? Like, yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting thought. Um, I don't expect him to be, you know, anywhere near the bottom of his division. Um, but the, the developments of Q and Chiz um, as becoming, you know, definitely at least more competent players. You know, they're maybe not Danny's level, but the fact that they can continue to be competitive in their own division, I mean, those guys are, you know, stepping up. And Chiz has already, you know, beat Danny this year. Well, and then Q uh, beat he's him, beat him last ago. year. And Q, yeah, exactly. Danny's on a two-game losing streak. In division. Um, yeah, and yeah, I mean, Q's off to a good start at four and one. Um, you know, if, if he can, you know, get a few more division wins and just win the games that you know he's supposed to outside the division, then I feel like he it's his division to lose at this point, um, which would be a huge step. I mean, we 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 had the Chiefs win the division in season one, but that was when you know with Plug, not Q. Um, so this would be a huge opportunity for Q moving forward. I think. Um, I, I, like I said, I, now I, I wouldn't count Danny out anytime soon. It's still early and there's still a lot of football left, but, uh, this is definitely the best opportunity anyone in that division has had. I mean, even Vic at three and two is sitting at a better record, uh, and, and having, he's on a three game win streak after starting own two. So, you know, maybe even Vic puts up a competitive effort and maybe this division kind of gets back to that, uh, elite level that we saw in the first season when we were calling them the AFC best, but since then we haven't really seen that, you know? Yeah, agreed. Um, like, you know, I just, like I said, I don't know, you know, Danny's got to work hard this year, and looking at Danny's schedule, it's it gets pretty soft these next couple of weeks, but then it's really the in-division games are going to decide everything there. He's got he's got Maddening and Tillman and Rich, 13, week 13, 14, and 15, but... There's a lot of division games left, and that could decide a lot for everybody involved in the AFC West there. But <clears throat> moving on to the AFC North, the one team that catches my eye this year for not a great reason is Beast Mode. He is sitting at 1-4 after appearing in the AFC Championship last year. It is looking unlikely as of now that he will, you know... <clears throat> even make the playoffs return to the playoffs yeah yeah like they're looking at schedule he lost to panthers week one lost to steelers week two lost to Bengals week three lost to raiders week four it's just i don't know it's it's hard like he's only scored three versus steelers he lost he only scored nine versus Bengals. that's what i said he doesn't have offense he's 32nd in passing yards in the league Mm -hmm. he just he has to figure it out quickly otherwise this season's going to slip away from him again um, <laughs> yeah, you can only rely on defense so much, and we, you know, we, obviously we just talked about that. But you know, there's only so much you can do. You know, you can hold them, you know, to you know, 12 points, 15 points, or whatever. But you know, if you don't put up enough to cover that, yeah, I mean, obviously you're, you're going to take some L's. So yeah, it's it's a little bit of a roller coaster for for beast mode overall. I mean, you know, we started off, I you know, I thought he was going to be good, and he had a rough season the first one, and then started to pick it back up the next two seasons and now he's back down uh to a lower level but i, I still think he's you know a solid player 
but I just think he's got to kind of figure out this rut, uh, similar to the one I'm in, um, <laughs> where he's you know he's got to figure out what what to do on offense um, to kind of pick up you know where he left off. So I think you know he he, he still has a chance in that division. I mean, no, no no one's really running away with it. You know, Bruce is three and two. Uh, you know, no one else is, has more than two wins. Um, so yeah, I, I, it's still open, and you know, there's still a chance he can c- get back into it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's gonna come. I think in this one is similar to the other, the AFC West. It's probably gonna come down to some some of those big division games later on or in the middle of the season. Um, so hopefully he can you know sneak by with some wins and maybe you know worst case maybe try to fight for a wild card spot. But yeah, it's a rough start for him for sure. So that covers the AFC so far of season four. Some guys that stick out to us, and uh, you know, hopefully, you know, it's gonna be a good rest of the season for everybody else that we did not name. Uh, but NFC still has got some interesting storylines going on. The one thing that sticks out to me right now is three five and O teams at the top of the NFC, and then myself at five and one after losing to the undefeated Cowboys. Um, <clears throat> so I think I'm just gonna say ask a question. Who, which one of the three undefeated do you see having the best shot at going sixteen and zero this year? Um, at going sixteen and zero, it's it's between for me it's between the Saints and the Seahawks. Now, the well, let's mention the teams first because I don't think you said that yet. But it's the Saints, the Seahawks, and the Cowboys are um, are the three five and zero teams. And I'm just gonna look at the schedules here because I. That's generally a big factor. Well, I think the obvious one for the Cowboys is he's still got two games against Weasel left. Right, yeah. And, and beating him twice, you know, let alone, you know, you know, once is going to be hard enough for him. But, you know, that rivalry is blossomed. I feel like Weasel will play well enough to win one of those. Um, you know, Saints is has some tough ones left. I mean, he's got you in Week 10. He's got Kunk in Week 11. Um, and then he's got Tillman in Week 16. So that... No matter what, they play each other. So one of them is not going to be undefeated. So really, Ooh, that could be. Might, it might come down to that one. If that's you know, really, they, they could be fourteen would, and zero entering yeah, that they, game. Yeah, both that of them. Would, that would be that very would be, interesting. Talk about the number one entertainment seed. value. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, if I had to choose, I mean, you never, you can never go wrong picking picking Tillman. I mean, he's, you know, he's just so proven, and you know, the last few years, it feels like he's just polish this game so well and he's just doesn't lose but i mean at least not in the regular season when it comes to playoffs it's a different story but i would i would put more money on tillman um just don't know enough about sarv uh to really say for sure that he can keep up this pace but he's definitely done a really good job so far but yeah i would say tillman what, what about you what do you think uh, i'm right now i'm kind of leaning towards sarv a little bit i think because he's just been so dominating and I, I don't know what it is about the saints Right. Yeah. I think, well, I think that is the team build itself. No more pain. Yeah, we'll it kind of run. Yeah, yeah, it's a system team a little bit. <clears throat> but you know, it's also a good user skill. Um, but I'm looking at Tillman's schedule right now, and he's definitely going to have some like clunk. I mean, he's already beaten like he beat Madden and he beat Weasel, beat Kunk, which are quality wins. He beat Chiefs. He's had like four quality wins out of five. Yeah, so, that's true. And then, but he does have Maddening again. And then he has this three-game stretch later on in the season against Danny, myself, and Sarv. So yeah. I think that, that's going to be – I think he'll probably stay undefeated until that stretch. And yeah. then I think it might be a little bit bumpy. Yeah, I could see – yeah, I could see him losing to, you know, one or two of those those three guys. So uh, that should be pretty interesting. 
Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't think it's going to matter a whole lot because I think, you know, he's going to make the playoffs. Sarah's going to make the playoffs and chances are, you know, they might meet eventually in the playoffs. And that's where, you know, that's where the big dogs fight. And that's where Tillman's going to have to prove himself because he, you know, he just hasn't gotten those, those clutch wins late in the season. But we'll see what happens. Long, a lot of season left, of course. But And then, um, yeah, the other one of the other notables is the uh, New York Football Giants. Weasel uh, sitting at three and two, and right now, if the season ended, uh, he would not be in the playoffs. So that's definitely an interesting development uh, in the NFC East. And uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, Weasel's pretty good, and so it's pretty abnormal to see him, you know, not sitting. Pretty, but it's also not a horrible start. I mean, three and two is definitely salvageable. It's, you know, it's not under 500, and he's, you know, obviously a ton of games left. He's got at least, you know, one more with, with Monkey left as well. So he's got two. He's got two at Monkey. Oh, both. Yeah. So we, we, got week both 16. Yeah. Week, uh, week 10 and week 16. And it might be. A, it might even be a case of Weasel underperforming a little bit and Monkey overperforming a little bit in that division. So you know, it, who knows if it comes back down. Uh, you know, if it comes back to the middle and, and Weasel starts to play better like he normally does. But it'll be interesting. I mean, he's got one of the, you know, leading receivers right now, Noah Fant. Uh, I believe he has 860 yards through five games. So he's on a really good pace with a tight end. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I'm not I'm not too concerned about Weasel missing the playoffs. I don't really see that happening. But I do, I do, I, I can see Weasel getting in as a wild card this year. If Monkey can finally get that monkey off his back, <laughs> then... Unintended. <laughs> like, at least win one of them. First, if he can sweep them especially, though. But at least win one versus the Giants. I think Monkey's kind of in the driver's seat of that division this year. But we've all seen this before, and, you know, that's how the McPick 2 came to be. Mm. You know, it's like... You're it's well. just... I don't know. I can't wait to watch that game week 10. And, like, you know, they've been... I feel Do they like have a later rivalry. game, too? Oh, yeah, week 16. Oh, of course. And yeah. so, you know, I can't, I think, I feel like the rivalry is kind of like just starting to brew a little bit. And I think it's getting even better. It's getting worse, more beef on a, oh, you know, it's the user level. And you know, Weasel's going to be even more, you know, himself with Monkey in the driver's seat. Like, you know, he's, you know, the rivalry is already, but Monkey, Monkey has, you know, a little bit of swagger. And he, when he gets a little big, you know, he, he can get a big head and, that can come back to bite him, though. You know, I've seen yeah. it happen myself. Like he can, you know, he I, can GG you in the, at halftime, and yeah, and next thing you know, you blew a twenty-one nothing lead. But he could also <laughs> the other way where he gets out to a big lead. And I've had, you know, I've had a rivalry with Monkey myself in previous Maddens, and uh, you know, sometimes he, you know, he gets a little cocky, and and it it doesn't work out for him, and you know, he ends up losing big games that he shouldn't. So it'll be very interesting. That's definitely one of the better developing stories and de- developing rivalries that we've had uh, throughout all of Madden 20. But, um, yeah, super exciting uh, to see what happens going forward. All right. Uh, any other news or thoughts on current season? Um, I don't think. i just taking a quick look at the standings now. we got a good amount of win this team so far, which I just noticed. Yeah. Eagles, I Redskins, well. Niners, Jaguars, Four, Browns. Five, yeah. So, I mean, you know, let's get better, guys. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Well, should we be dicks and Most likely going to be winless? Uh, I think. Oof. I mean, the obvious. We, we, uh, the yeah, obvious I think this. I think I know. Yeah. 
I mean, about. unfortunately, buddy. But hey, man, we you know we save us every time. If you if you haven't listened to the podcast yet, you know we rag on people, and we, you know we might you know we would we, we tell it like it is, man. And if you know if you don't agree, prove us wrong, and we'll shut up. You know we've done it before. We've definitely done it plenty of times before, <laughs> where we've been completely wrong, but we're also pretty smart, and we're usually right. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's had tough games so far. I wouldn't really say I wouldn't have expected him to win any of the games he played. I think maybe week six he's got snorting snorts on the schedule. Um, but you know I think this that's just kind of like the league is just so talented. You know there's so much talent top to bottom. Yes, this guy would be uh, like probably a playoff <laughs> team in most other leagues. I guarantee it. It really is that it's it is that way, and you you really experience that if you've been in other leagues. Because yeah, I mean the the. The talent level in this league is is actually insanely high, and that's you know we take pride in that. So, but yeah, I mean mostly the if you look at the the reasons, I mean obviously that's how it happens. But very low points scored for those teams. They're all their offenses are under ninety points scored in those four or five games. So you know not even generally not scoring even twenty points is going to be a tough time winning those, and, and then most of them have allowed a good amount of points as well. So we'll see who steps up um, between those those five teams. I mean, we, I know that uh, Shane definitely, you know, has had better seasons. He should probably be better in 0-5. I expect him to get a few wins. And then don't know a whole lot about Redskins' owner, but, you know, maybe he'll turn it around. Centra, we know, you know, he's had good seasons before. He's just been wildly bad lately. I'm not sure what's going on there. And Steve, we know he can win big games too. So, yeah, I mean, I, f- I feel like I don't think we'll have more than one team even. I don't think anybody's going to finish 0-16, but, you know, we'll see. Well, we got the battle of the defeated defeated this week, week six. Jaguars versus Redskins. There you go. Well, maybe it'll be a tank off pretty early for that, but... Might as well at this point. No shot anywhere else. All right. Well, that's about wraps it up for the season four overview so far. And uh, let's move on to our next segment. Um, so a couple of new segments in this episode. Trying to keep it keep it spicy, keep it sharp for you guys. Uh, we put together a little list here, a little top ten. And it's the top ten RML Madden 20 players so far. So this is technically just through last season. So this is the best players in Madden 20 in RML in the last three seasons. So through through season three, basically. All right. Let's go ahead and list them off. Number 10. From the New York Giants, Derek Henry. Yes, sir. Derrick Henry uh, on the New York Giants with Weasel. Uh, over three seasons, he has 5,700 yards, 48 touchdowns. Uh, he's averaging 1,900 yards and 16 touchdowns per season. So Derrick Henry, the big power back for that hungry Giants offense, he's at number 10. Number 9. From the New York Giants, Jamie Spermingham. 
<laughs> I messed it up. Jamie spamming ham. Spamming ham. Or spamming spam. Spamming spam or spamming bam. Spamming <laughs> sperm. <laughs> Jamie Birmingham, the wide receiver for New York Football Giants. 279 catches, 5,754 yards, and 56 touchdowns through three seasons. He's averaging 93 catches and 1,918 yards with 19 touchdowns per year. Very, very good. Obviously, very spam-worthy numbers. Uh, do, I mean, do you want to discuss news now or go? Uh, it's up to you. Yeah, we can, we can talk I, about I, I just that. Have, I have a couple, have a couple comments. comments. Yeah, you don't yeah. Um, I, Funnily enough, I think at number 10, Derrick Henry. I really feel like he could be like top five on this list if Weasel like played like Weasel of old. Like we, I think Weasel was kind of on a mission this year to show he was like, oh, everybody, everybody's like, oh, Weasel can't pass, and I was on the boat too. And then he got Birmingham, and that kind of fixed all of his problems. And he doesn't really use Henry as much as he's he also as Josh like, Allen with like ninety nine yeah. throw pops. So that's the thing. But the thing is, like Derrick Henry, like he has, especially with that stupid stiff arm ability. Like, mm-hmm. he could just, like, run him, like, 30 times, like, what the Titans did in, in real life. He did night. that in Season 1, though, if you look at yeah. his numbers. Yeah, and season that, 1 that, was an outlier it, for him, and it was, like, 20, almost 2,500 yards or something, 2,300 yards. Like, he had a monster year, and, like, I think he had 30 touchdowns or 25 touchdowns. Like, yeah, he, he definitely has the ability, but I think you're right. Once he got, you know, elite-level passing, you know, he start, started to kind of go – but that's kind of how it is, you know. Sometimes, you know, you have to change it up to compete. And I feel like he thought that, you know, he had to kind of keep up with some of the big dogs like BLD mm-hmm. and Doughboy and, you know, the guys who are putting up these huge numbers. Plus, you know, he's a big he's, he's a big numbers guy. He's a big stats guy. He, he loves that stuff. And he wants, you know, to develop these players. And the quickest way to doing that is feeding them the ball. So... Oh, Derek Henry's kind of already a little bit developed, so you know he doesn't, yeah. doesn't have a whole lot of development left. Uh, yeah, no, and then Birmingham, and then Birmingham found the same thing. Uh, obviously, Birmingham has been ridiculous the whole Madden, but late, like last year in the playoffs, and then I think this year a little bit, he's kind of getting away from the Birmingham spam because he has so many other weapons on the field now, and it's very hard to defend, very frustrating to defend against because. You know, I used to shadow Birmingham all the time because he would just like he would literally just throw to Birmingham no matter what. But now he's spreading the field. He's got and the thing he's got so many weapons across the field, and you still have Henry in the backfield. It's very hard to game plan against that offense. So credit credit to Weasel building that team. Oh, absolutely. And and uh, Jamie Birmingham. Quick note here: he is one of four players on this list who is a keeper or a Madden created player. So pretty interesting stat there. You'll you'll hear about the other three in however many minutes it takes me to get there. All right, number eight, the wide receiver for the Los Angeles Rams, Tyreek Hill. Yes, sir, Maddening's favorite target, uh, Tyreek Hill. Obviously, a uh, big bomb catch receiver. 201 catches, 5,400 yards, 66 touchdowns. So on Tyreek, if you, I mean, his numbers aren't as high as Birmingham, but also he has not played as many games. So the third season, he definitely had some, I think it maybe some injury issues or suspension issues or something. But he's only averaging 67 catches because of that. But if you count, you know, the number of games, it's right up there with him. Still averaging 1,800 yards. The first two seasons are really so elite. If you look at his numbers, like we're talking 
over 2,000 yards in each season and around 30 touchdowns one season and I think 20-something the next. So he's averaging 22 a year. That third season brings us down. He would be literally way up there right now. He'd be probably top three if he had a full season in his third year. What do you think? Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I think, I don't know, it was just start with Hill. Tyreek Tyre- Tyre- is, uh, Madden just has so many weapons on that team, I feel like. It's hard. He doesn't really. Speed hog. Yeah, he just doesn't really. Uh, <clears throat> it's like, crazy you know, that he still gets the numbers with Tyreek with the number yeah. of weapons he has, though. Like, it, it, it really goes to show how crazy his offense can be. Oh, man. I, I just don't understand how he even, you know, I wish I did that, but. Well, yeah, it comes at a cost of not having defense. Also, that's true. Uh, that's true. Yeah, I would say that has been has bitten them a little bit. Um, definitely late in the season and even in the playoffs. But yeah, I mean, having a guy with 99 speed, 99 acceleration, be able to just burn guys all the time, and then having you know Patrick Mahomes, obviously you know not playing this year for whatever reason, <laughs> but having that guy who can literally throw 80 yard touchdowns in 80 yard passes. In the game, the only player that can do that, uh, it's insane. And it's literally, I mean, if you watch his film, it's its stupid. I actually hate it, but it works. He literally takes two seconds, rolls 10 feet to the right, like instantly, and just literally throws it, lobs it in the air, and Tyreek beats him every time. Actually, uh, I think he had another receiver a lot of time too. So, yeah, like I said, I mean, he's... His offense is really good, so a little bit of a, a system player, but also, you know, obviously he's really, really good and really fast, and that's going to get you a lot of yards and catches and touchdowns in Madden. So he's number eight. Number seven, the quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks, Lamar Jackson. Okay, yeah, big Lamar Jackson, quick Lamar Jackson. Um, obviously, you know, known for his running abilities, but passing wise, um, Tillman has done a really solid job at the quarterback position, 11,800 yards, 94 touchdowns, 46 picks, uh, averaging 31 per year, 31 touchdowns a year and 15 picks with almost 4,000 yards. But here's, here's the kicker. 72% of his passes completed in those three years. That's very high, even for Madden. So... Yeah, Lamar Jackson, definitely one of the better quarterbacks in the game. And also, um, Tillman, obviously one of the better users and one of the better players on offense. Uh, he just doesn't turn the ball over that much. And he's just, you know, he knows what he, he knows, he's got a really good game plan. He's very balanced. So that's what makes Lamar Jackson one of the better, one of the top 10 players in the league. Uh, I, I remember season one when we were doing a couple podcasts and we were concerned about Tillman with Lamar and that it was taking him time to adjust and he wasn't really lighting up the the game with him and he still has a couple he does tend to fumble a good amount in Madden if you hit him sometimes mm-hmm. but I think uh, Tillman's definitely adjusted to having Lamar and having a, that type of quarterback in the end it's always he'll catch you sleeping and he'll just like pass 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 the first you know three quarters and then he'll hit you with the read option and he'll go for 40, 50 yards. So he's definitely, you know, if I had him, it would be a lot of fun too, if anybody had him. Yeah, he's treating him more like a a Russell Wilson in real life 
versus how mm-hmm. Lamar plays in real life. So, you know, it's obviously a little bit different um, in the game, but it's very interesting to watch. And um, obviously, you know, his his decision making skills is really what caps and what makes him so good. All right, so that's Lamar at seven, at number six, from the New Orleans Saints, middle linebacker Devin Bush. Yeah, can't can't leave him off this list, guys. Uh, maybe should be a little higher, but statistically, he's definitely one of the best, arguably the best defensive player in the NFL, in RML. Um, 175 tackles, 32 interceptions, 12 sacks, and 12 forced fumbles in uh, the three seasons. So his numbers aren't, you know, eye-popping, but 32 picks is pretty eye-popping. But 18 of those came from BLD in the first season, which is crazy. Um, so obviously he's one of the best users in the game. Um, but he's just a he's just a playmaker, and he's literally just... He's the best young linebacker in the game easily. He's the fastest... Well, I think the fastest linebacker in the game. Uh, I think he has like 94 speed, which is just stupid. Um, yeah, it, it, he's just hard to stop. And, and with if you have a player that can use him really well, then it just makes even harder. It's really just a matter of, you know, just staying away from him as much as possible. Yeah, I, mean, I think obviously a lot of the stats is because of BLD, but Devin Bush at face value is a beast to begin with. Uh, obviously, BLD has helped that a lot with his user skills, but I think Sarver is going to have the same success with him as well or anybody would have pretty good success with him at linebacker. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's hard not to. I mean, you could literally just put him, have the computer play him, and he'd probably have a good amount of success against anybody. So, um, yeah, if you have any user ability at all, you're probably going to be one of the better, you know, defenses in the league. All right, bringing it to the top five. Here we are, top five players in RML Madden 20 through three seasons. Number five, the running back, former Green Bay Packer and now current Dallas Cowboy, Joe Mixon. Yeah, my boy, I miss him, but he's definitely doing better in Dallas than he would have would and did do in Green Bay. Um, Joe Mixon, 5,800 yards, 65 touchdowns, averaging 7.5 yards a carry, averaging almost 2,000 yards rushing per year, and 22 touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously just exploded in, in Dallas. I mean, he's, I think he's had 2,000 yards in each of the last two seasons. Um, I mean, he's obviously getting fed a lot. I mean, I think he has close to five or 600 uh, touches in the last two years. So, but it's worked. I mean, I know he has had some injury problems here and there. I believe even this year he might have had uh, one or two, or maybe it was last year. But... Um, Overall, I mean, obviously, he's been the MVP for the Cowboys, right? Oh, definitely. It, it completely changed Monkey's game, and I think it's a big reason why he's 5-0. and In my game versus Monkey, when I was up 21 nothing, I felt like I did a very good job shutting him down, and then Monkey wasn't really using him. I was like, oh, well, maybe that's, you know. And then he started using him, and, you know, you, know, you guys know what happened. Yeah. So I think Monkey's got to stay stick with the game plan that he has and just get the ball to mix in any way he can. And it's a game changer. Yeah. He's just, yeah. I mean, he's just really good and similar to Melvin Gordon. I mean, he's one of those guys that you really don't even have to, you know, be that good with him. 
and he's going to make you know plays almost on his own with just the skills he has. So you really just have to find the holes, and you know he's going to do the rest for you. And you basically, you know, you have literally unlimited potential to make guys miss. So, yeah, I mean, he's he's performed really well. Um, you know, we we talked earlier uh, off off air about Melvin Gordon could have been on this list if you know he would have uh, not had a season off and um, and some injury issues in the next season. But uh, right now it's Joe Mixon, and he's um, one of the better backs, one of the better running backs in the game for sure. All right, number four with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, right over there. Oh, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Number four, wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Bronson Callaway. How about this guy? What a name. Bronson Callaway, the keeper from the Steelers, and Bruce's favorite target, 289 catches. 6,300 yards, 66 touchdowns, averaging 96 catches and 2,100 yards per season, 22 touchdowns a year. Guys, or Brad, this guy has had, I, I, I have, don't have the numbers exactly in front of me, but I'm pretty confident he has had over 2,000 yards each of the three seasons we played. He's had, just crazy. I, I think... Um... This is probably, I got besides Payne, which we're gonna to get to. He might be one of the best keepers that like we've had, and like nobody talks about him because like Bruce is pretty quiet in the chat and stuff. But statistically Cal- and just like physically, as like how good he is, like if you were to just look at him in the game, you'd be like, oh yeah, that's gonna be the best, <laughs> one of the best players in the game. And you don't even have like I actually want to see because. His ridiculous, like everything about him is, and obviously he's grown, you know, in four seasons or three and a half seasons. So he's going to be, you know, better than he was as a keeper. But like, I'm pretty sure he's a pretty tall guy, right? Oh, he's only six foot. Six foot, but he's, you know, only 26 years old now, but he's 97 speed and his just catching is insane. You know, he can go up and get it. Uh, yeah, I mean, everything about him, and he's got X Factor, like, he really is one of the better he's a he's a deep ball like he's basically randy moss literally <laughs> he is randy moss except he but, can't he can't jump as high but that's uh, well, well one of the things that sticks out is how consistent he's been the first three years he had mm-hmm. 90 93 receptions 98 and 98 and then yeah. he said he had so he had eight eighteen hundred 1800 yards season one 2000 oh, okay yeah 400 yards season two and then 2000 yards last year so and almost had, 2000 every year yeah and then he had 19 touchdowns 28 touchdowns 19 touchdowns so you know it's been the consistency every yeah he's still healthy hasn't averaged less than 20 yards a catch yet that in any season so obviously a deep ball threat pretty much all the time i mean you look at his run after catch average is only about three or four yards so it's not like he's you know he's not catching it in the slot and breaking away for you know, an extra 30, 40 yards. He's, he's catching the deep ball and scoring. <laughs> so, yeah, the guy, you know, he's, he's very good, and Bruce has used him well. Um, and I believe, what, Bruce has had Sam Darnold all three years, mm-hmm. I believe. So, you know, Sam Darnold hitting him must have some good uh, throw power and get, be able to get a lot of those deep balls. But, yeah, I mean, he's hard to stop. Even if you double him, I'm sure he goes up and gets that ball or, just straight up beats you. 
All right. Top three. At number three, the only other defensive player on this list, and he was the number one draft pick in RML history, well, in RML Madden 20, from the Minnesota Vikings and now the Jacksonville Jaguars, defensive end Aaron Donald. Yes, sir. Hard to argue this one. He is the biggest force in the game. He's the most OP player in in Madden history, and he has proven it year after year. 105 sacks. Let's let me say that again in three seasons. 105. Do you know how many players in NFL history have 105 sacks, Brad? I do not. Probably. I I, I wish I had that number because I could have just gave it to you, but. Let me look it up. Hold on. Dead air. In other news, the Eagles have just lost to the Seahawks in real life. Well, now you know. <laughs> now people know when we're recording this. Yeah, we, we decided to record it watching the game. Wow, okay. So Seahawks-Packers. That'll be fun. Another Seahawks-Packers playoff game. I feel like we've had a ton of those. Um, all right. Well, 105 sacks. Um, guess how many? I'll give you. I'll, I'll give you right now. Well, okay. It only has top twenty. Damn it. Well, yeah, I, I, I got. I got it. I got it. Okay, you it's got been, it. There's been about. So how many sacks did Aaron Donald have? Hundred five. Hundred five. So career sack total. Career, career sack totals. Not three years like, but career sacks. Yeah, yeah. Only twenty six guys in NFL history have had hundred and five sacks in their whole career. In NFL history, guys, that goes. That's a hundred years. 100 years, and there's been 26 guys who have 105 sacks. Aaron Donald got it in three seasons, 48 games. What the hell? And he's averaging over – I mean, that's only two a game if you think about it. But still, <laughs> I mean, that's – It's still a lot. <laughs> it's still crazy. But I mean, he, like... never has, he never takes a game off. But I, think he, I mean, he has the record in, in RML. I believe it's 42, I think he had. One of the years? I, I, I don't have it in front of me. But uh, speaking of Donald, I remember when Vikings selected him. And, you know, the first overall, people were like, oh, how do you not take Mahomes? And, yeah. it, I, I mean, it's you know, that's a fair question. And But, like, Mahomes has a unique play style, and it's not for everybody. True. I mean, maybe it would have been a fan. But Vikings had Mac, Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald on the same mm-hmm. side. I don't know. His biggest mistake was getting rid of those those two. Now boys. they have neither. Yeah. So like like it was like there was no way like if you blitz both of them, you're not getting past that side. It was just it was so hard to play against. It I was. think Seahawks made a very it. big mistake getting rid of both of them. Yeah, I mean, it really is unbelievable. Um, it's unbelievable when you just look at Aaron Donald's card. Like, I don't even understand how a player like this exists. Like, if that's how he is, I mean, obviously I know he's really good in real life, but just. He he's the best defensive Madden player, or definitely the best ed, rusher, pass rusher of all time in Madden history. Um, and it's not even close. Like man, he's unstoppable. And yeah, uh, he had. I'll give it to you right here. He had forty-two sacks. Forty-two in twenty-twenty. Yep. So second season, he had forty-two sacks, folks. That is just stupid. But yeah, that that's what gives him that he's the third best player in the league according to us. So, and he's just, yeah. And, and also, he'd be the number one defensive player in the league if he went by this list as well. All right, top two. Here we go. Number two from 
originally from the Oakland Raiders, traded later on to the Indianapolis Colts, quarterback, keeper, Eric Cruz. Yes, sir, Eric Cruz, by far the best quarterback so far in Madden. 14,210 yards, 140 touchdowns, 76 interceptions, but it's not actually that bad for Madden, and 63% completion rate. So he's averaging 4,700 yards, 47 touchdowns, and 25 picks per year. Now, let's... um, He is... It's insane. He basically has... I think he had a 5,000-yard season once. But every year, he's he's just... I mean, obviously, it helps when you're playing for two of the best offensive users in Madden with uh, Danny and Doe. Like, obviously, those guys are really good. But Eric Cruz is obviously just a really, really good player as well. He would definitely be good on any team. Uh, agreed. But I think he's also been helped with the Colts with his abilities. And he has, like, the extra hot route or something. I forget what his exact abilities are. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, when he unlocked that, he just, I just, like, opened up a new, another level for Doe. Did um, he win an MVP? He has not won MVP. Wow. He won Offensive Player of the Year last season and Best Quarterback, and he won Best Quarterback in 2019. And uh, he's been hit, to the Pro Bowl three times. His abilities are ridiculous. Yeah. He's got yeah. pro reads, which is uh, the first, but well, that one's not really, I, I have that with luck. But he's got conductor, so they make all hot route adjustments twi- twice as fast. And then clutch, which midway through the fourth quarter, they can enter the zone easily. And then a hot route master, if they have access to four extra hot routes. And then a couple other not yeah. important ones. So it's just, just a crazy OP. And he's also, he's only 25. Yeah, that's what's so, nuts. I mean, and and Danny traded him away for Kyler, which you know, may, you know, he's it's working for him, but um, but yeah, Eric Cruz got to be one of the most coveted players, and definitely, arguably, the best quarterback in the entire league, and statistically, definitely the best. Yeah, I mean, 140. He's 45. He had 45, 45, and 50. If someone did that today, you know, they'd be considered that'd be considered probably the three best seasons of all time. Like. No one's even been close to that. Like, you know, 50 alone is, a, you know, but having 40 plus is is crazy. Um, yeah, he's just he's just been really good, and he's the leader of one of the better offenses in the league, the Colts. All right, and number one, of course, obviously, you know, this is not even a, a question. You knew you knew who it was going to be. Everyone knew who was going to be. It's Omar Payne. Omar coming, yo. New Orleans Saints running back has 7,355 yards. Yeah. Yeah. 87 touchdowns. Averaging 9.5 yards per carry over three seasons. Averaging 2,450 yards per season. 29 touchdowns averaging per season, guys. Yeah. No question about it. We've talked about him literally almost every week. Probably have talked, mentioned him at least every week. Probably mentioned him too many weeks or too many times in a lot of weeks. So we don't really need to go too far into this guy, but it's just unfair. He's just so good. 
I, I think it's like so. Uh, Omar Payne is like the face of the crowd that says keepers are OP, mm-hmm. and that keepers are a bad idea. And it's hard to disagree with that. Uh, keepers. I mean, it's you know, there's arguments. Maybe we could do a whole another podcast on keepers by itself and stuff. And we're gonna have to have this discussion coming up as a league if we want to do keepers again for Madden 21, and as a panel. And we'll get to that in a, in a month or two, I guess. But it's just, uh, it's just, he just, you just can't stop him. Like you know it's coming, and you still can't stop him. Uh, I guess it's kind of like it's like Derrick Henry last night. The Patriots knew it was coming, and they couldn't stop it. See, yeah, uh, even if he ran in a straight line, you know, even if he had no juking abilities, he would probably still be the number one back in the NFL. But he also has amazing spin, great juking, and you know, if you have you know those vision abilities as a user, yeah, you're basically if he can if you can hit the holes that you're supposed to hit and you can make one guy miss you're gone and that's why you know he's yeah he's just so good and obviously the players that have had him have been really good as well i mean there's a good chance you know if he was on a different team or if he was taken from somebody else he might not be number 1 right now so i'm not, i'm not going to argue he's the best player just because he's op and because he's good i think bld and vip and Sarf have all done really good jobs with him so far. Um, specifically, obviously, BLD. But, yeah, I mean, he, he is definitely... I mean, he, he didn't come into the game as, like, the craziest... You know, he wasn't, like, 99 overall or anything. I don't even, no, I don't he, even know, if, he, I don't he even know if he was 90 overall. No, he wasn't even close. Yeah, he was, like, 80 or low 80s at the end of Madden uh, 19, I think. I, I remember when he was drafted because I, ha- I had him in my draft board. And I actually had a chance to pick him, which, you know, that really still bothers me. But, <laughs> I mean, it's crazy that, you know, BLD was thinking about not taking him. Like, he, he was actually debating with somebody else. And the fact that now he's turned this guy into, you know, what he is now, it's just, it really is something else. Like, we're witnessing greatness, and uh, we don't like it. <laughs> Well, I think that's a that's a pretty solid top ten. I think you can argue, you know, a couple guys here and there, like Melvin or I don't know. I can't think of anybody else right now. But yeah, you, you can argue Melvin. That's <laughs> that's a that's a pretty solid top list. And you know, so if you look at it, there's three probably some other defensive guys we could have had in there. But... So four of the ten are keepers. Yeah, that's what yeah, I mentioned. That yeah. So I don't know. It's just like. I think maybe having a podcast, like a whole segment about keepers itself, is we'll have bad people here. call in. Yeah, well, yeah, we could do that maybe. And you know, it's a future. I don't think we don't have time tonight for that because no, have, no, no, I'm not this now. Obviously, I know. I'm just saying. I'm trying to work on a seg. I'm trying to work on a segue. Okay. Oh, okay. Because we have a very exciting long segment coming up right now in our Madden 20 user rankings. Oh yeah, you guys <laughs> wanted it. Actually, I don't know if you wanted it, but you're getting you're getting it. You're getting it no matter what, whether you yeah. like it or not. So this one is different, guys. This one, I mean, we've done rankings before. And I don't know if we've done an official like user ranking like this, but um, we've definitely done power rankings. But well, this yeah, is a I, th- I was different. trying to think. I was trying to think. Uh, like episode one, we did some type of ranking, and I, I think we just did power I, I rankings think, with teams. But that, yeah. I mean, that's similar, obviously, because because we didn't was, really know the team. Like everybody drafted, but we didn't know like the play, the skill level. True. We should go back and listen to that episode yeah. one. Should have done our homework. But, uh, well, I mean, it's similar, but this time it's different because, you know, the records and teams' successes 
are different because there are plenty of teams that have moved around and teams that have changed owners. And in general, also, you know, not all these guys have performed the same over the, the seasons and some, you know, have looked better than they played and other, you know, it, it goes, it's a very opinion based ranking, obviously. I mean, this is literally just me and Brad, what we think. And, you know, obviously people that listen to this podcast kind of somewhat care about that. So we're going to give it to you. Um, all right. So we're going to go straight up 32 to one. Um, hopefully this doesn't take forever. We're going to try to talk about everybody. Uh, we're already about almost an hour in, so we'll try to not spend too much time, maybe a minute on everybody or so. All right. At number 32, this is the RML Madden 20 user rankings. Number 32 is going to be our buddy Sean, Sean Harper for the in the Cleveland Browns. Um, again, don't let these rankings, you know, get you down. Prove us wrong. You move up very, very quickly. It happens. Uh, and it's literally just two idiots um, with their stupid opinions. So, but yeah, um, he just hasn't proven a whole lot just yet. Um, I, there's definitely been some, you know, potential here and there. Uh, obviously, being in this league alone means, you know, you're worth something. And we mentioned it before. Um, there are, you know, there's a ton of talent in this league. And it's usually... A lot of people struggle at first. I'm, I, I, there are very few people that come into this league and succeed really, really fast. And those people are usually people that have either been in the league before or been in a similar league or been in a sister league or some league affiliated with us. There's very few people that come in cold turkey, or I don't know if that's the right phrase. You know what I mean. There's very few people who have never, you know, don't know any of us and just come in and succeed. It's, it's very, very rare. So... You know, me and Brad both sucked for a while, and a lot of the guys that you see that are doing well now have definitely sucked. So nobody get down on that. But yeah, number thirty-two is the Browns and Sean. Any thoughts? Uh, it's I mean, obviously Sean is here because he hasn't really. He went one and fifteen last year. Didn't go zero and sixteen, so it's better than that. Ooh, ooh. Uh, but you know, it, it just it's hard. Obviously, it's hard. He's, he just came in last season. Uh, the Browns franchise went eight and eight and nine and seven, season one and season two, but that was under different ownership. Uh, you know, just a new new time for the. I mean, the Cleveland Browns are used to seasons like this, so yeah, don't feel don't feel too bad, Sean. Yeah, you're not dis- you're not disappointing anyone at least. All right, at number thirty one, the Washington Redskins owner Irish Lightning, and this is another newer user. That we just don't haven't seen enough tape. We don't know enough about you or about him. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, basically verbatim what we said to Sean is similar to what we're saying about Irish Lightning. Um, I really, I, I honestly can't really say anything. I think you watched some film or you played him. Oh, I, I did play him, and he was actually beating me for a good amount of that game. And then I came back thanks to a couple. I think Luke Keekley forced a fumble, a clutch fumble. And Melvin ran for 219 yards, but mm. he played. He was doing some very like pretty advanced like users. Yeah, you could tell if somebody's a good user, like the you know the way they read your passes and stuff. And <clears throat> he does. So I think he, he's just and his team he's working with is not very good. Like I don't know who his quarterback is. The Gary Sylvester Gary, he's a mm, rookie yeah. quarterback. Yeah, 
and then Bushrod is his running back. So he's got a very weak team there. And um, so I think the team is kind of holding him back. So I think give him a couple of years, maybe if he has a better team, even next Madden, he could be a, a you know a contender, at least 500. I don't think he's as that bad. I don't think he's, his talent level is not 31st, in my opinion. But yeah. from what he's shown, you know, we had to put him there for now. Yeah, I can see that moving up. <laughs> At number 30, it is our boy Narco Steve and the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, yeah, Steve has just not really had a whole lot going for him in Madden 20. Um, just hasn't had a really solid season. Best season was six wins, six and ten. Uh, he also he went three and thirteen and four and twelve as well. So I mean, yeah, thirteen wins in three years is not really gonna, you know, give you a whole lot to hope for. But we've also seen he's had a lot of you know solid wins of those thirteen. There's been a few that were against you know quality opponents. Um, so he can play well, uh, but overall, yeah, he's just not at the, that skill level uh, that. You know, we've seen in the past or seen here and there, it's just not very consistent. I, I remember that season two, that six and ten season, we had a lot of hope for him that early in that season. He went like four and oh or something like that. And we were like, is this Steve's year finally? And then he just collapsed. So, uh, you know, obviously that division doesn't help him. And, you know, Steve's always been at this level. But I think like six and ten is more like Steve. And he's not, he's not three and 13, four and 12 anymore. So hopefully, you know, maybe this year be a little different but not off to a good start at yeah, 0 5, 5 i believe yeah. <laughs> so you know you'll, you'll get there steve yeah you'll get there yeah i mean uh, he will he'll have a few wins here and there but yeah i just don't know if he's the quality uh uh to be a playoff contender uh very often maybe one, one maybe he'll get a spark one year at number 29 good old snorts and the new england patriots um, Snorts is definitely in the same boat, I feel like, as Steve. Um, he, he, he's had, you know, in, in previous Maddens, he's had some decent seasons, never really any good seasons, but he's also had some pretty bad seasons. So, you know, we know it's all love, but uh, yeah, five wins, um, two wins, and then five wins, 12 wins total. It's just not, you know, didn't hasn't looked good for three seasons but again he, similar to steve he has had some games where he has played exceptionally well and you know had some really strong wins yeah i think he pretty much covered it uh the five like the five and eleven seasons are kind of more where i expect him to be i would say you know that that division is his shot but this year is not really looking like that division is going to be have any openings for him so, yeah, last year, last year seemed like the year that he, he kind of had to had to go all in and take advantage, and um, yeah, it just didn't work out for him. It, it was he just you know couldn't get there at the end. But um, yeah, I mean, I think you know he'll he'll compete again, um, maybe not for a wild card, but since he is in that division, I feel like there's always a chance. You know, one maybe not this season, but next season or another season, he'll you know have a chance at you know at least making. Uh, a run at the at the division title again sometime. All right, number twenty eight is Dogfather, the Carolina Panthers owner. Obviously, we know Dogs had some uh, stuff going on. So, and um, again, Dogs soccer loss. Uh, again, you know, all love, brother. Uh, we're all here with you. But um, yeah, I mean, eleven wins, 
yeah, not not a whole lot to say. I mean, he's you know obviously he he's had st- really strong performances again, very similar, but he's also um, you know just not put really put anything together. Five wins being the best season. Well, he's had. I think when he, when he plays, he's pretty solid. But the season two was full of sims and stuff because he was everything he was going through in his real life, which is you know understandable. Right. Yeah. So I, I really think that he he's like I think really his skill level is like eight and eight if he's fully focused. At yeah, least. I can see that. So hopefully you know this year and next season he'll get back on track and focus yeah. on that in a little bit. <clears throat> right. Yeah. I just hope yeah that you know he just has his life settled down for him and yeah. you know he can finally get some peace and stuff, man. Like that's. That's just tough, you know, and, uh, you know, but at least, you know, you have us, you know, you have a family here and, you know, we're here for you anytime. So, uh, we love you, brother. All right, let's go to number 27 and it's Tendi, the Tendi, the Tendisi, Tendisi Titans. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's horrible. Um, yeah, Tendi, you know, we shit on him a lot and, uh, deservedly so. He sucks. No, <laughs> but, uh, no. He's uh he's had six wins in the first year that was pretty promising, but four wins the last two seasons not didn't look great. There was there was some times here and there where he you know he's had some solid wins. Uh, I know he, I think he beat Doe one time the last season or the, the year before that. Like you know he hasn't you know he just hasn't put it together. He definitely has some potential. There's something there, but he just makes too many mistakes. Yeah, I mean it's just. I was trying to help him today, and just his schedule is hard this year a little bit. He has a couple easy games coming up, but he's got to play Doe twice a year. He's just, you know, I think six and ten is about his level. One year he'll get there, but uh, I don't. He just hasn't put it together. He's got the weapons now. I don't really know what the excuses anymore. You know, he's starting to get offensive line now. Uh, I don't know. <clears throat> get better. Get get better, Tendy. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, he's got some, he, he can build a team pretty well, but yeah, it's just, you know, he's got to have the decision-making and the user ability, and it's just not quite there. All right, and number 26, our now former commissioner, well, we haven't even mentioned that yet, I'm not going to brag, but uh, <laughs> uh, number 26 is Andy Akers, the Arizona Cardinals' current owner. Similar boats. Uh, these ones were kind of tough here in this this little stretch of guys in the the mid twenties. But Andy, uh, best season's been five wins. You know we talked about him. I mean we talked about him more than this, but we early on in the first few episodes when we were you know in season one, you know he had a good season. He had a good stretch of games where he had a lot of close games, a lot of tough close losses. He had very good offense, and then obviously. The draft happened after that year, the what the fuck draft, and um, yeah, and then it kind of went to shit. Uh, but Jimmy Bates, I mean, he's really, really good, a good young quarterback, and he's, you know, he's Andy's guy now. So he's he 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 sold the house to get this guy. Now he's gotta he's gotta take him and make something out of it, you know. Damn, I didn't realize how good Bates was. I'm just looking at him now. He is good. Yeah, I know. He yeah. was the number one pick in uh, that year. Yeah. Um, but like, it's kind of like that division is tough. You know, when you have two playoff contenders, and one of them being Tillman in your division, it's hard. You know, you have to sneak into the second wild card spot, and the NFC, especially in the NFC, which is still loaded with talent, it, it's just hard for. Andy, but you know, just 
to it's I don't know. Andy is I feel like he's he's getting he's slowly improving over the Maddens. Like he's not he's not one in fifteen. Like I believe he had a couple of those years last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, five and eleven. It's pretty it's respectable, I think. He could win the AFC East. Yeah. Like, I, I think I think win. it's just it's just bad division East. placement. It's just unfortunate yeah. division placement. I agree. Yeah. And yeah, I mean Bates is literally only twenty three and he's already at eighty seven overall with superstar death. Like he's definitely gonna get better and you know, maybe he can put together, you know, a, a little bit of a wild card run sometime. But again, he's also in that division, but he's also in the NFC. So even even if, you know, he, he you know, we're not expecting him to win the division, but even to get a wild card in the NFC, you're looking at probably at least ten to eleven wins, which he hasn't even gotten six. So hopefully it just keeps improving. Uh but yeah. Obviously, we want to see him do well. We all love Andy, man. Andy's the greatest. All right. Number 25, it's our boy Phil Kessel, Mr. Shano. Uh, Shane and the Niners um, had a really strong start, one of those years, um, but he just never kind of completed it. And now, obviously, in a really rough start this year. Uh, he went 3-13 and the first season. Second two seasons were... Pretty decent, eight and eight and seven and nine. Now he's off to zero and five. So, I uh, feel like he's definitely not eight and eight or seven and nine. Maybe more like five wins, six wins, maybe four. Would you say? That season two was his opportunity where he. Yeah. I forget what his record was, but he, he was had, like he was a couple games over five hundred. I think he was six and two. Yeah, he was like and six then, and two or something. And then he just collapsed. Or seven and two, I think even. And like his schedule, his schedule, because what happened was the schedule was pretty easy the yeah. first half, and then it got into all the the big boys. But at the same time, you know, if you want to make playoffs, got to beat the big boys at some point. But respectable though, eight and eight, you know. But yeah, I don't see Shane making the playoffs this Madden. Sorry, buddy. Yeah, it's again, it's a it's an issue of the tough division and the tough NFC again. Like, yeah, I mean. Those were definitely his best chances. His team is, you know, it's decent, but you know, there's there's definitely some room to, for improvement. Um, but it's it's a lot of user too. So I feel like he's, you know, he's definitely gotten better um, this Madden. I feel like last Madden he wasn't um, as good as he is now, but definitely way too inconsistent to even really consider him in the top twenty at this point. Um, number twenty four is Centra. Centra and the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars. What is it? Jaguars? Jaguars. 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 It's Jaguars. That was it. That was how Dan or Joe said it. Remember? Jaguar. Yeah. The Jaguars are uh, at number 24. Um, This one's an interesting one. I I had a hard time placing him. But um, 9 and 7 the first year, 8 and 8 the second year. That, you know, if if we stopped there, he'd probably be in the teens, right? Well, then he went four and twelve, and now he's uh, you know not starting that great this season either. So it's kind of I don't know if it's tanking or if he's just not playing well or what, a combination. But it just seems like he's not really not not that he's not caring, but it just seems like he's not really playing his best Madden right now. Uh, I think I don't know. There's a lot of factors that go into it. I think I think he made some trades that hurt him, like the court. He traded Goff for Tyree, and I don't think Tyree is his style of quarterback. 
And then he traded away Keekly. Uh, he, no, he doesn't away... have Tyree either. Yeah, and, and then... Um, yeah, he has Papinga right now. Which yeah, is, right. Which, we, which we, we voted as the worst keeper. So, yeah. He's I mean, He's a it's just like, boy. if you look at the team, it's just like nothing really sticks out. He's got James Conner at he quarterback. Have, didn't he have uh, Tyranny at one point? <laughs> or is that not this year? Uh, I, I believe he did. And then he traded him to yeah. uh, somebody. I mean, maybe it was last year. Yeah, um, yeah it was but, last year. I thought he had him because we would have brought him as a keeper. Oh, yeah. Right? We did talk about him having like 395 speed. He's got Hollywood Brown, too. Marcus yeah. Brown and Juju. Like, he's got good weapons. I think it's, like, I think it's just the quarterback position right now. Yeah. Maybe. And, and, and he it, had, he the had worst Sa- draft for quarterback. He had too. Saquon at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think just questionable GMing is the biggest issue for yeah, Central right now. Roster building is definitely part of it for sure. I mean, his defense. Oh, and he just traded for Aaron Donald, remember? Uh, so I mean, maybe it'll, it'll pick up. He's got a really good line. Daniel, Daniel Hunter, Aaron Do- or Daniel Hunter, and Aaron Donald um, on the ends. I mean, he's got a pretty solid team. I mean, it's really not a lot of holes or anything. So I mean, yeah, it's it's he definitely could have had a much better team, but even with the team he has now, I feel like he should still be playing a lot better than he is. And that's kind of on him. But yeah. We'll see what he does. He's been 21 and 27 over the last three years total. And then at number 23 is Cop and the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, so a division rival for us. Uh, he's This is another interesting one because record-wise, he should not be this high. Record-wise, he should be way lower. Um, but eye test-wise, for you and me, I would say... We can both agree he's, this is probably a decent spot for him. I think just being in the NFC has really hurt him a lot. Uh, four and twelve, five and eleven, and three and thirteen. But and now, I mean, I don't know if it's going to get much better for him because, like you said, he gave away Mac earlier um, season or two ago, and now he's getting rid of Donald. So I don't know how good that defense is going to be able to hold up without those two guys. Um, but overall, I think he is a, a pretty good player. Um, he probably is in that 20 to 25 range mostly, but um, his records just haven't shown it. Yeah, like, like if he was in the AFC East, <clears throat> he's probably, you know, 500, a little bit under 500. Mm-hmm. And then it, it's a combination of poor GMing again and placement, division, and conference. So, yeah. I, I think that, you know, so I think 23 is fair. But here's the thing, so, too, and... Um, I mean, we can we can say the NFC is difficult, and it is. But also, he's getting third or fourth place schedules every year, and it's not so it's not that difficult. His schedule can't be that hard, you know. It's as hard as it is for us, but it can't be the only excuse. And that's the same goes for a lot of a lot of the teams that are not, you know, doing so well. They you know that are in third or fourth place. You got to beat those teams. You you got to beat them. And that's the thing, you know. He and I know he's played a lot of close games, so. Um, it's not like he's getting blown out all the time. So I think he does deserve to be in that area, but he definitely could improve a lot. At number 22 is our boy, Victor, the Los Angeles Chargers, 8-8, eight and 7-9, eight, and, and a, a miserable 3-13 and 13 last year. Uh, Vic has kind of fallen off the wagon a little bit. I predicted him to be much better in Madden 20, but 
He's kind of gone the reverse direction, especially in the last season or two. Um, the first two seasons, surprisingly, when the AFC West was even more difficult, he was good. He was better. He was 8-8, eight and 7-9. Eight, and then last season, when the AFC West wasn't that difficult or wasn't as difficult as it was early on, now he's all of a sudden missing in action. What's happening? Uh, I think it's a the division is the biggest factor here. <clears throat> he has like three playoff contenders in his division, and then himself. It's just you know you're gonna get beat up in that division having to play that six times a year. But wouldn't you agree that when it was Plug and Seth initially, uh, or who was or who was yeah it was Seth as the Denver right or who was Denver? Uh... I, I don't remember. No, he wasn't Seth. I don't remember. But when when Plug was in the division, he's you know he was really good. He had you know, and he he finished eight and eight, and that division was you know all five hundred or above. So, you know, I, I feel I guess I can I can still see what you're saying because Q and Chiz are still very respectable and very good players, and arguably you know perennial playoff contenders in the AF, AFC. So it is tough, but. I do I do expect a little more out of Vic than what he has shown. Well, I, I also think another issue with the, Vic Vic has a very solid roster right now. But if you look at his stats, so here's Bryant Mirror Mirror, I don't have Mirror Mirror Murray or Mirror. 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 I don't know. Mirror. As his quarter, as his quarterback for three years now. In twenty twenty, he had forty three interceptions. Twenty twenty one, he threw fifty two interceptions. So I think the interceptions Turnover you think, bug you think he would have thing. figured out a way to fix that issue because he he had that issue in every other Madden too, <laughs> but he's got Todd Gurley, and Nick Bosa, and a bunch of other really solid young players. Got to take advantage now while they're still somewhat young. You know? Yeah, that, that I think Vic definitely might be one of the like might be the biggest underperformer Madden twenty so far. Yeah, unfortunately, buddy. You know we love you. We hope you get better, not not like you're dying, but <laughs> but just at Madden in general. Okay, uh, number twenty one is uh, another panel member, and that's Han, Coach Han, and the Cincinnati Bengals, seven and nine, four and twelve, nine and seven. He's actually you know had some solid seasons aside for that middle one. Um, but overall, I think he could be higher on this list. You could definitely argue that. But um, just hasn't had anything, you know, too spectacular happen. Just really been kind of mediocre for the most part. And, you know, for a guy, obviously he has a lot going on all the time. You know, he's got a pretty pretty busy life. But, you know, he, he does he, – he, he underperforms way more than he should. He has a really solid team, and I think he could play a lot better. Uh, it's just like like last year he was like a perennial playoff team, and now this year he just can't even sniff the playoffs. Like he hasn't made the playoffs yet. <clears throat> like I, I think. I mean, Madden, mo- yeah. Yeah, I think moving, in you know like in real life and stuff, and he's a, he got a new job and everything. So I think right. that has a lot to do with. But he just hasn't. His moved team's also playing. remember this is he a just, team that's getting older, a lot older. Like his team is super old. So he doesn't have yeah. a lot left before these guys start dropping off. Um, but he's still, they're still really, really good, though. I mean, he still has, you know, three receivers that are, you know, that have superstar uh, or X-Factor 
in Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, Travis Kelsey. Antoine Harmon's still very good. You know, he, he should be able to put it together. And, uh, you know, and that division's not like, you know, world beater. You know, there's there's plenty of chances for him to win against Bruce and even beast mode, but he just hasn't really stepped up to the plate. All right, at number 20, we have the new Chicago Bears owner, our boy Eddie, or Seth, or whatever you call him. But, uh, yeah, he's back, fellas. Welcome back, Seth. Um, So, yeah, the Bears have a new ownership this season. And, yeah, I mean, obviously we can't look at the record for the Bears themselves because, you know, previous owners... um, don't really matter anymore to this team. He's definitely doing some revamping on this team. I can tell you that from all the trades we've been having to vote on. So that's kind of been crazy to see. Uh, he Originally, he was starting to seem like he was, you know, collecting draft picks and young guys. Now he's kind of turning those guys around. I feel like he's kind of trying to pull a, a kunk move this season, you know, move, moving on mm-hmm. players and draft picks. Like he's trading for one guy and then he trades that guy to this team and then he trades that guy to the, you know it seems like he's doing a lot of trading so uh maybe uh he has a lot of extra time on his hands maybe the uber business isn't isn't doing so well <laughs> i think uh seth's uh, talent is definitely like a top 15 or something in this league uh, they're just going to i think like having an uh, off season himself i think next season he's going to start competing with us for the division Although he, he might have already surpassed you at this point uh, <laughs> with your season. <clears throat> but, yeah, I, I think watch out for Seth upcoming seasons. Yeah. Two, no, two he's, and five or whatever his record is is not him. No, no, yeah. He, his team definitely could use some help. And I think he's trying to build that. And also it's going to there's going to be some, you know, getting used to the game again and kind of getting back into a rhythm and the swing of things and, you know, remembering what you're, you know, what you need to do, and developing game plans and all that. So, I think yeah, it'll take him a little bit, maybe a season or season and an off season to kind of regather and regroup. And yeah, I think he'll be competing well enough. I mean, he, you know, obviously the last game he played just uh, against him, he, you know, he put up a pretty good fight against you. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I, I never will underestimate Seth. I know he, I know his skill level, and I know he's gonna be pretty solid. Uh, when it comes to our division, so it should be pretty exciting. All right, we're into the top t- 20 now. I feel like we've been taking... Ah, it's not bad. Not too bad. Okay. Let's uh, get moving. Number 19, uh, Mitchell and the Buffalo Bills. And this is our first of two players or two teams that have had the exact same record. Um, I don't think he had the team the whole time, though. But... Um, the first team that's had the exact same record all three seasons, six and ten, six and ten, and six and ten. Um, the Bills, I feel like, definitely could move up pretty quickly in this list within the next two seasons or even this season. Um, we've already talked a little bit about him earlier. He's five and one. Definitely a, a good chance to get his first division win and you know send motherload packing because uh, he's been the owner of that division so far. Uh, what do you think? Uh, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, this might be <coughs> Bill's year. <coughs> Sorry, I've been a little sick lately. I need a cough button. Mm. Well, six and I don't know if six and ten is gonna 
I think he's going to surpass six and ten this year. Finally. Oh yeah, at five and one, you think so? You think he's not going to go one and one and nine? I think. I mean, he could lose out. You never know. This has happened before. Like Steve, when we hyped up Steve, and then Steve didn't win a single game the rest of the way. So <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's true. I I don't see that happening, but um, yeah, I feel like he definitely has potential to keep growing and getting better. I mean, I played him this year already, and uh, his defense has picked it up. I mean, I I did not play well at all, so but I'm you know I have my own excuses. But yeah, I think he's gonna. I I, I would put sixty four to he he wins the division. I think that's my odds. So, all right, at number eighteen. We have the Houston Texans and Rich. And Rich has been a little up and down um, since taking over, I think, in season one, I believe. Uh, he's gone 5 and 11, 10 and 5 and 1, and 4 and 12. So, yeah, kind of a, a little bit of a fluctuation, but he's back to being a little bit better this season. I think last season was pretty clearly a tank job. Um, we know Rich is definitely better than 4 and 12. Uh, is he better than eight number eighteen? I'm not sure about that. That's that's, that's I think it's a pretty good spot for him. I, I think right now it's a good spot. If he didn't have the tank off last year, maybe he'd be a little higher. But talent wise, he, he's good. He's a good player, and um, I, I don't think he really puts in the time to Madden like some people do, and that kind of hurts him at times. But uh, I think eighteen is a good spot for him, and I, I think playoffs is a good good possibility for the Texans this year yeah AFC wildcard definitely insights um just keep winning and yeah I mean he's he definitely has the skill and I feel like he could easily get a, a AFC wildcard spot or even maybe you know if he can be beat Doe once or twice and win the division that that could happen all right we're almost halfway there number 17 it is Bundy and the New York Football Jets. <laughs> Never heard that term. Um, yeah, Bundy is kind of rising up a little bit the last two seasons. Started off 4-12. and 12. I remember talking about him kind of being a little disappointing and um, just being super inconsistent, but he's getting a little better. He has made some um, playoff fights for the uh, AFC East division, but come up short um, in back-to-back seasons. 8-8 eight and eight in the second year and 7-9 and nine last year which tied the record, but, um, or tied the record of Motherload, but Motherload, I think, had the tiebreaker uh, in that season. So, unfortunately. I think, Wasn't um, it? Or 7-9? Yeah, he yes, was there 7-9, so. and he won, right? Yeah, Motherload and he had, the, he had the tiebreaker. Yeah. Uh, as far as Bundy goes, you could argue best GM in RML right now, I think. Yeah? Uh, if you look at his roster... And the way he's built it, and oh, like, wow. yeah, South Bundy team. doesn't the Bundy doesn't have the best user skills, but he's really got like there's really not that many holes. Yeah, no, it's a real good team. I mean, he's got a really good defense. Um, I know he just got another linebacker, should be really good with him. Another solid user. Mosley's getting a little older, so he's trying to probably get someone behind him to take his place. Um, yeah, I mean, he's got good D-line. Uh, and then his offense, you know, with Van, Van Tufts, you know, a classic keeper quarterback that we've talked about forever, and Olin Howry. So, yeah, I mean, his team is solid. He can definitely build a team. 
And obviously, you know, they're playing pretty well for him. He's uh, 4-0, so hell of a start. You know, maybe he runs away with the division this year and, you know, maybe even gets a, you know, higher playoff seed and gets a chance at a deep playoff run if he can really put it together. All right, number 16. We're in the top half now of the user rankings. Number 16 is me. Jeez. Mm. Green Bay Packers. Yeah. I suck. Right. <laughs> well, I'm going in the opposite direction. Uh, I was 10 and 6, then I was 8 and 8, and then I was 9 and 7. And I'm 2 and 3 so far this year. And I'm just, uh, yeah, I haven't made the playoffs once yet. Uh, I believe I made the playoffs four times in six seasons last year. But uh, it has not been the same. The NFC is really hard. And uh, it. Yeah, I just I have not played as good, and now Cam Newton's out, and basically my season sucks now. But I just got Mitchell Trubisky, baby, and I hate my life because I literally hate Mitchell Trubisky. But hopefully he can play well enough for me to secure a few more wins to get back into it. Would be nice. But, and just one thing, like if you look at your record, 10, 10 and six, eight and eight, and nine and seven, which is actually the same exact order as the guy we're about to talk about. Uh, you would think one of those records would be good enough to make the playoffs one of these years, but nope. Yeah. And the same applies. Well, it was good enough in the, the first year. It was good enough in the first year, but we had the same record. But you had you have a tiebreaker. <laughs> well, yeah, you should have beat me. So I know. What can I say? Yeah. All right. Number fifteen is Brucey Badass, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like you said, same. Oh, I, I guess I did the wrong math. Then that should be twenty-seven. But yeah. Um, so he's been 27 and 21 over the last uh, three seasons. And same record as me, 10, 10 and 6, 8 and 8, and 9 and 7. Um, yeah, Bruce has been pretty solid. He has made the playoffs, I believe, at least once, maybe twice. Um, I think just once in that. No, I think he made it last year too, didn't he? So 10 and 6 here, the first year, and then last year. Um, but I don't think he has a playoff win yet. So, But Bruce has definitely had you know, high-powered offense. Bronson Callow, we talked about him. Um, Sam Darnold, you know, been pretty solid for him. Obviously, he still has, I think he's had some turnover issues with uh, Darnold. No, uh, just to correct, I don't, Bruce did not make the playoffs at all this Madden. Oh, has he not? I thought yep. for sure. Maybe I'm thinking nope. last year. Wow, interesting. <laughs> all right, well, I stand corrected. So, he's in like the same exact boat as you. Yeah, I guess so. We literally, we have the same record. I guess we did pretty good by these rankings then. But yeah, uh, if you look at the numbers, um, Darnold has thrown uh, 40 interceptions, 47 interceptions, and 49 interceptions the last three years. So clearly, big turnover problem. But he also, Bruce just throws the ball a ton. Let's just say that. Because he also has 39 touchdowns, 41 touchdowns, and 37 passing touchdowns. And if you look at it, Yards, he's 4,400, 4,700, and 4,500. So he's basically Brett Favre is what he's <laughs> like. He just throws the ball all the time and doesn't care where he's throwing it, doesn't care how many people are covering. He's going to throw into coverage. But, yeah, uh, yeah, similar, kind of similar thing to me, but he's just more of a uh, passing offense guy, and I'm more of a running offense and play defense and win turnover battle guy. So I think Bruce will definitely – make the playoffs within the next, you know, by the end of this Madden for sure. And, you know, I feel like he could even get a playoff win or two. So the AFC is a little 
is still a little more open. And um, especially now with um, with Beast Mode, you know, struggling this year, it's definitely a huge opportunity for Bruce, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right. Number 14, Charlie Hustle and the Atlanta Falcons. 10-5-1 first year, 7-9 next year, and 9-7. and seven. Um, he, he, he Sizzling hot start. Remember, we talked in the you know first few episodes about him and how you know we thought you know you thought he was going to be end up being a better player and you would have been correct because it was between him and Dogfather and I picked Dog and that didn't end up being very correct. So yeah, Charlie has been pretty solid. Definitely not as good as the first year uh, when he kind of came out firing. Um, he's kind of a little bit quieter than he used to be as well. He doesn't you know he's not in chat as much as he as he was. That was the when he was winning. So I feel like he's one of those guys that gets a little confident and starts talking a lot. So, but uh, that's not a bad thing, by the way. We like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's. I think 14 is a pretty solid spot for him. He's right in there with this tier of guys, where he's kind of just on the outside of the playoffs, looking in most of the time, and you know, just needs to take that next step. Yeah, I think just division again. He's got in a tough division. BLD used to be there all the time, and then Conk has turned into an elite player, most for the most part. <clears throat> it's just it's hard. Yeah, I mean he's got a pretty solid team again. Um, nothing, nothing too fancy on offense, but um, yeah, I mean they're a little older. These guys definitely could <clears throat> use some rejuvenation. Um, overall, you know he's got Von Miller. He's, you know, still really good, but, you know, a lot of these guys are getting older. So now might be the time to start pulling triggers and getting some, you know, definitely trying to win, of course. But, you know, start picking up some guys, some younger guys to build for the future as well. All right. Number 13. It's Motherload and the Miami Dolphins. So this is one of the only guys in, I believe, in the league i'm i'll we'll have to count this well okay well this is one this is definitely the only guy outside the top 10 that has made the playoffs all three times i can for sure say that um yeah he's three-time division winner but he's at number 13 but the reason for that is he's in the afc east folks eight and eight nine and seven and seven and nine he is dead even at 500 um but he definitely plays better in 500 at least in clutch moments and he definitely has had really, really, really great and really big wins against guys like Doughboy and Doughboy and also Doughboy. <laughs> uh, I've always loved Motherload. Great guy. Um, I, I think this year he's off to a little bit of a shaky start, and he should, probably should have won my, the game against me week one in overtime. Um, so I don't know about this year he's going to make the playoffs, but... He, he, I feel like he's always on that cusp of like getting good, and then he just like loses some games. But you know he's been seven and eight and eight, nine and seven, pretty respectable. He's getting better by one win every year. So I, or uh, oh my bad, oh, that's wrong order. But <clears throat> dyslexia. Uh yeah. Well, I was reading the next person's line. About twenty four and twenty four, five hundred exactly. His total record this Madden. Uh, I think that's perfectly respectable for Motherload. <clears throat> yeah, uh, it should. It probably should be better because of the division he's in. But they all play each other pretty close, and you know he does have losses here and there that probably shouldn't have. But he, like we said, he definitely plays up to competition as well. 
quite often. So, yeah, he's two and two on the year so far. So sticking with that 500, <laughs> you know that's where he likes to be. But he's going to have to do better than that if he wants to win it this year and keep that playoff streak alive. Three in a row, looking for four. All right, let's get it in. Top 12. Number 12 is the Denver Broncos owner. It's Chiz. And like you said, 7-9, and 8-8, 9-7. Eight eight, he's overall 500 but he's getting one win better every year sticking around that that uh 500 mark um kind of reminds me of a jeff fisher record or something you know just (laughs) never never really getting you know too far away from 500 always always right around that one and one win loss but uh yeah i mean chiz similar boat as muggleload he's had a lot of really big wins you know we talked about two wins against danny um with one this season and one of them his first season, I believe his first game ever played at Naramel even. Um, yeah, I f- feel like he definitely has the pieces and the skill to take the next step. And I feel like he's one of those guys that we could see kind of blossom into almost an elite player very soon. Right. Yeah. I think he's, <clears throat> he's on that step. I haven't really faced him. I don't think I have faced him yet. So it's hard when you don't have him face yeah, somebody to like really have, judge yeah, that talent. Um, but he start he's getting quality wins. He's beating Danny now, and that, that was like the next hump to get over. Uh, but I, I, he's getting there. I don't know if he's there yet. Yeah, but he's, he's only off three to a good three. start. He's off. To, I mean, yeah, but he's played some. He's had some really tough games. True. Uh, yeah, and but like you said, that division is tough because they're all kind of beat up on each other. Um, especially, you know, those three, Danny, Q, and, and Chiz. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like if he can just kind of get the wins against those guys and, and just continue winning the games he should win, similar to um, Q's situation, then he could, he, you know, he could make a run at the playoffs pretty often and kind of secure himself as one of the better players in the AFC because, you know, it's not that loaded at the top. They definitely have room for, for a lot of up-and-coming guys. Um, well, speaking of, oh, never mind. We got a few few picks left. I thought I thought Q was next. Oh, never mind. <laughs> okay, number eleven. Speaking of number eleven, <laughs> is number eleven, Beast Mode and the Baltimore Ravens. Um, this one is definitely interesting. Uh, if we go based on potential and you know talents and things. You could see uh, he could be higher, but we also have seen some pretty bad seasons and also some pretty bad offensive play. Um, so overall, 11 might actually even be too high, some might argue. So, But he's had good enough seasons, and he's made um, a, you know deep playoff pushes uh, last season, which puts you definitely up there uh, in my book and in your book. So he went five and eleven the first year, eleven and four and one, and then thirteen and three for a twenty nine and eighteen record overall, which is pretty solid. Yeah, that, uh, I don't have much to add. We talked about him a bit before. Just you know, I think he kind of you kind of right with your prediction that he was going to turn into a good slash elite player, and he did. Although this year, not off to a solid start, but plenty of time to fix it. Yeah, he's yeah. I've like I said, I've spoken with him. I think he's actually going to turn in. Trying to turn it around with some new, new uh, things going on on the offense. So we'll see if he that actually works out for him. All right, here we go. Top ten, folks. Top ten. 
All right. Obviously, these rankings will change later on, but this is the top 10 for now. Number 10 is Monkey. Oh, interesting. I mean, obviously, he's in there somewhere. At number 10 is Monkey. Dallas Cowboys. First two seasons, very good. 12 and 4, 11 and 5. Last season, dropped off a little bit, 8 and 8. This season, obviously, picked it right back up, and he's back to 5 and 0 oh, and looking to you know, make his mark on that NFC East and possibly even a first-round buy or the number one seed in the NFC, see if he can compete with those top dogs. Um, yeah, I would say Monkey is definitely a top-10 player most of the time. Definitely has his moments where he, um, you know, underperforms and plays down to his opponents and, you know, has bad games, makes bad decisions at times. But a lot of time, he's pretty skilled, and he's pretty he's a pretty skilled user on defense, and he's you know, he's good when he has weapons on offense. If he didn't have a good team, then we might be saying something different, but he builds a good team as well. Uh, yeah, I think um, Monkey, obviously being in Weasel's division, has slowed him down a little bit from being, like, a very elite talent level. Uh, but, you know, he, he puts together quality wins all the time, and he, he can really beat anybody in the league, I feel like. Like, you never know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so last year was eight and eight, kind of a struggle for him. Kind of, I think, kind of a retooling year. But this year, off to a very, very good start at five and zero. Yeah, sometimes I feel like he has identity issues, just kind of <laughs> figuring out um, what he needs to do and what he wants to be every in a certain season. So, he, yeah, I feel like he's kind of found hit his stride this year and figured out what he needs to do with with his quarterback Forbes and you know having Mixon as his his main weapon and stuff like that. So he's kind of getting back to the basics a little bit. Number nine is our favorite drunk uncle, Maddening. Los Angeles Rams, uh, the other team that I mentioned that have gone, have had the same record three years in a row, 11 and five, 11 and five, and 11 and five. That's pretty good. I mean, that's, it's hard to do. I mean, obviously it's hard to just, you know, get the same record, but it's also hard to get 11 wins three years in a row, be that consistently good. So obviously that deserves a high enough ranking in the top 10. Uh, some people would argue he could be higher. Um, I, I would, I would, I might be one of those people, um, but he definitely is way, way too susceptible to um, just losing bad games and losing the teams he shouldn't lose to. And um, he just never has, never really has a big win, you know? Well, I think it comes down to being sober. Uh, I think uh, I really want to know what his record is in games that he is completely sober and games that he is drunk. Uh, so, you know, like, but like we said, I, I remember saying in episode one, Maddening, please just give us a Madden of you being sober. And I think he has done pretty good playing his game sober and 11 and five shows. that. So, yeah. I oh, mean, it's been I, way better than last year. for sure. Yeah. So I, I, don't, I don't know about not playing Mahomes this year. That might hurt the 11 and five record a bit. But I'm, I'm hopefully he'll get out of that. He'll start to get Mahomes on the field. I'm sure Mahomes is not very happy about it either. True. Yeah. When it comes to uh, contract extension time, yeah, I don't know if he's, he might just ditch him, resign somebody, or go to free agency or something. But yeah, I mean, for a guy who loves Mahomes so much, you think you know he would just want to keep using him, but uh, it's on him. All right, number eight is our boy Q. You diggity, Kansas City Chiefs. Um, yeah, so he took over 
think season two, season three, maybe I think season two. Um, so he's had a good year last year, eleven and five. I believe he made the playoffs. Um, yeah, he's definitely getting better, and he's like we said this year, he's off to a pretty good start, four and one. Um, he's definitely becoming one of the better players in the AFC, in my opinion. He's he's well on his way to being a consistent perennial playoff uh, contender, and maybe even you know, you know, he might soon overtake Danny as as you know one of the top two guys in the NFC or in the AFC. Yeah, I, I think like like cheers. We we haven't played the AFC West really. Like since these guys joined RML, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so it's hard to get a read and cue. Welcome to the panel, by the way. Yeah, I don't think we've had a podcast since he's joined panel. I, I don't. So. I'm not sure though. No, it's uh, right. After, yeah. But he's taken over uh, the Chiefs. Well, you know, plug started with the Chiefs, and he had a very solid uh, season with them. <clears throat> and he's taken the keys, and he's done good with them. Uh, you know, like like we've said a million times, division is tough, but I think Q. It's breaking out, and he's showing that he could be the real deal. I mean, Motherload upset him last year in the playoffs, but maybe this will be your year, Q. Yeah. Yeah, I could definitely see him winning the, the division this year and maybe even getting a playoff win or two um, and kind of competing with Danny and Doe uh, in that AFC because those are, you know, the guys that, you know, he's got to beat, and hopefully he has a chance to do that later on. At number seven, we have Kunk and the Tampa Bay Bucks. After a dreadful first season of a little bit of tanking, a little bit of retooling, a little bit of rebuilding, um, he obviously turned it around in season two with a crazy good season 14 and two, but it did not turn into playoff success. Uh, season three, he went 10 and six. Um, just hasn't had the playoff success that, uh, that he, you know, we would have hoped with having as much regular season success as he has. Um, but he's still a, a high-quality player and one of the better skilled players in the league, for sure. Uh, I mean, last year he beat Tillman in the playoffs, 25-22. True. And then yep. he got ran over by the buzzsaw yeah. of, Sart, of a VIP, 24 nothing, And then mm-hmm. he lost to Beal. He lost to the Saints every time. So yeah. it's, it's just it's hard it's to get by the Saints, NFC. Yeah, it's the NFC. Yeah, but as far as and it's also in that division. So yeah, any other division, he's basically going to win it pretty easily, uh, and probably be or if he's an AFC, you know, he'd be probably the number one seed every year, or up there with Danny at least, um, or Danny and Doe. But yeah, it, it's a tough division, tough NFC. It's real cutthroat. But Kunk has showed that he stands out as one of the better players. Uh, at least, you know, the skill that he has. And I feel like he can continue to, you know, keep being one of the better players. And, you know, with him and Sarv, it should be an interesting battle, see if a, a new rivalry develops between them and um, see if maybe he can edge out a division win here and there. But this year he's not off to a great start. I think he's 3-3. Three and three. Um, So could be a little bit better. Um, but he's lost three in a row as well, so. Got to kind of pick it up, Kunk. All right, top six. At number six, who do we got over here? It's a cup of chowder. Brad Favo and the Detroit Lions. Number six. Is that is that classified as elite? I don't, I don't know. Is it? 
Let, let the league decide. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, you, you you've definitely gotten yeah you've had solid seasons. Ten, ten wins at least every season. Ten five and one. Ten six. Eleven and five. Three straight NFC North division titles. Um, some good playoff wins. Yeah, I mean, obviously you've you've done really well for yourself, and uh, yeah, you've you you've definitely put yourself in the upper echelon of solid, good or elite players. So. Well done. Yep. Uh, I think uh, if you told me I would, I would, I'd be 31, 16, and 1 by the end of season three, I'd be pretty happy with that. Like, I wouldn't have, yeah. I wouldn't have expected to have this much success so far this Madden. So I'm proud of my guys, proud of my team. And uh, still got, we have a lot more to play for. So hopefully next couple seasons we'll make it farther, farther in the playoffs. Yep. Well, I'm just hoping Melvin Gordon keeps getting injured. Because... <laughs> That's, he is like man, it's kind of his injury is like ninety seven too. I don't know. I why. know. I, don't, I so know. Much. Hey, Cam Cam Newton's ninety eight. Guess <laughs> he's been injured like every year. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's ridiculous. All right, top five. Here we go. Number five, it's Weasel. Yep, the New York Football Giants. And yeah, I mean he's definitely earned it. This he's had really good regular seasons. He's had some playoff wins here and there. 14 and 2 the first year, uh, 11 and 5, and another 14 and 2. He's only one of three players who have had 14 wins in two seasons, or four players, one of four. So that obviously puts him in the you know upper echelon of of talent in this league. Um, yeah, he's 39 and 9 overall. Like he, the difference between you know these top five guys feels a little bit higher. I know Brad, you have a good record against him uh, in the regular season and even a playoff win, but overall, I mean, he's definitely shown that he's consistently one of the better, more talented players, regardless of how you know we feel about him as a person. <laughs> I've I've been surprised like how he's been playing like an elite level this year. Like I, I, he's a, he's always been pretty good, and I thought he'd be doing good, but I did not expect him <clears throat> to have like the success he's had at fourteen and two two seasons. So far, uh, you know, props to him. He's built a good roster. He's gotten, he's improved his passing game a ton. Uh, you know, so congratulations. Yeah. I mean, it seems like he's one of the guys that kind of just lives and breathes Madden. <laughs> and he literally, he's addicted to it. So, yeah, I mean, he's done really well. And he did really well on the podcast. Uh, and we appreciate him coming on. That was really fun. And it's probably one of our best episodes ever. So, but yeah, good job. Uh, that was number five. Top four, here we go. <laughs> I'm just going to say that every time. Number four, it is Sarv and the New Orleans Saints. All right, Sarv has done pretty well taking over this Ferrari of a team. Uh, literally handed the keys to a brand new $1 million car and said, here you go, it's yours. Oh, okay, he's driving it. All right, there he goes. Uh 43 and 5 the Saints have been by the way they're over 3 seasons. Uh obviously none of that was Sarv. But um as a new owner he's starting off well 5 and 0. And um you know this offense is hard not to be good with but you do have to play pretty well still. And uh the defense, you know, is still respectable and solid, not to the level that, you know, the the previous two owners are at, but uh we'll see if he can keep it up and keep up with um, guys like Tillman and Weasel and, and Brad. 
Uh, yeah, I think so. Like, it's hard. I haven't really seen Sarf play too much. But I know he's been pretty good in other leagues. And uh, I think he'll just pick up right where the other Saint, Saints owners left off. And the Saints might still be the team to beat in that NFC. Yeah, until proven otherwise, it seems it seems like that's the case. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, they have Saints organization seems to know how to pick head coaches and owners because uh, they're three for three. <laughs> All right, number three. Here we go. We have three guys left. Who's it gonna be? It is Doughboy, the Indianapolis Colts. Doughboys had a extreme success uh, over three seasons and with the most recent season being his most successful unfortunately as we said he wasn't able to cap it off with the Super Bowl ring but he went 15 and one and got to the Super Bowl uh, which is you know pretty impressive in general uh, most teams in this league about 90 percent of us uh, cannot or about 80 85 percent of us will not say that probably ever that we got to a Super Bowl so yeah, congrats, Doughboy. And, uh, yeah, it seems like he's going to continue to be good. And uh seems like this is kind of the Madden that he's really stepping out and shining again. Yeah, I mean, Doe finally made the Super Bowl last year because it seems like it's always him and Danny in the AFC Championship, although Beast Mode had different fans last year. But Doe is just consistently good. And uh, I don't know, not much to say. Just He's good. 37-11 and 11 total record. Madden 20, pretty damn impressive. And, uh, you know, I think I think by the end of Madden 20, the Indianapolis Colts will have a helmet on the Data League's banner. Yeah, I could see that for sure. I mean, I, I picked him to go far in almost every playoffs, and I feel like I don't, I, don't see a, I don't see a season that he won't make the playoffs, and I don't see a season that he won't, you know, at least get to – the AFC Championship. I feel like he's that good, and he's going to continue to be that good. Um, but then again, he has had losses in the past that were have been questionable, but none of them have really happened in the playoffs. All right, top two. We know the players. We don't know the order. Who's it going to be? Number two, it is the silent but deadly Tillman. The Seattle Seahawks. What a what a amazing run they've been on, but no Super Bowl ring again to show for it. Forty one and seven, the second best record in all of RML for for the franchise, um, but the best record for any one user um, that we've had that has been that is still with us at forty one and seven. So Tillman consistently good. We all know about it. We talk about it all the time. Twelve and four, fourteen and two. 15, he's getting better. Fifteen and one last season. He started off twelve and four, and he got better and better. Now, he's, I mean, the only thing, the only you can only go sixteen and zero to get better, right? Yeah, and you know he, he could definitely do that this year, like we talked about yeah. back in the beginning of this podcast. And uh, I think the one he hasn't really had the playoff success this year. <laughs> I know season one he went on vacation, but even season two and season three, he, I think he won one or two games total. Yeah, and that's been I it. Yeah, so I don't, I I think, don't think he's even made the NFC Championship <coughs> game in any of the seasons yet. It's, it's been a struggle. Yeah, for him, so. uh, this has got to be the year. It seems like this is the year where he, he needs to turn it on and really prove that he can win the clutch games. Because, yeah, I mean, he's made a Super Bowl in, in Madden 19 in previous Maddens. So 
You know, it's not like he doesn't have it, and we know he can, he can get there, and obviously he'll be there most likely. He'll be in the playoffs, and he'll have that chance. But we have to see it to believe it. And at this point, that's why he's number two, and he's not number one. And that's why number one is uh, one of our one of our champions, actually the only active champion that we have in the league, and that is Danny. Danny Cologne and the Oakland Raiders. 12-4 and four the first year, 13-3 and three the last two seasons, and with a Super Bowl win in Season 2, and uh, knocked out of the playoffs last season, so he's coming back with a vengeance, hopefully this year. Not off to the greatest start, but we talked about that, 3-3. Three and three. Um, But he, you, know, you, you know he's always got it in him. He's, that offense is dangerous and scary, and he's just kicking it back up. Um, and he just traded Josh Jacobs to get uh, Christian McCaffrey, so... Who knows what that's going to do for his offense? Uh, like I think, I think it, you can't. It's hard to argue that anybody else should be number one here, because Danny has the the hardware. Like he doesn't have the best record, all of Madden twenty. Like uh, the winner of that goes to the Saints, forty three and five, but that's mixed users. And then Tillman, forty one and seven. That's mm-hmm. kind of crazy. Like only seven games of 48 games Seven that you've sat down and played, uh, have you, you've lost. Like, that's, yeah. like you just think about it. That's 90, uh, but, I think, was that 90-something percent? <laughs> Danny, 38 and 10, which is obviously still very, very good. Uh, but he has the playoff wins to back it up. So that is why Danny sits at number one in our RML Madden 20 user rankings as of January 5th, 2020. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, indeed. That is... That is it for the rankings, folks. That was 32 all the way down to number one. And, yeah, it's been a, a, a pleasure to give you those rankings. Um, all right, Brad, you got any other thoughts for us? Uh, I think about we, two hours. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, we're getting back to our old days of covering, you know, taking up a lot of time with these podcasts. We hope you guys enjoy listening to all two hours of this podcast and all the others. Uh it's been, you know, I'm just, I'm so happy where this league is, where it's been. It's like, we expect to advance, like, in 24 hours now. I love it. I love that it's January. It's season four, and we still have as much activity as we had season one. And, uh, I don't know. I'm happy where RML is as a league, and I hope you guys continue doing what you're doing, and we can keep this going as long as we can. And uh, hopefully we'll get a couple good more seasons in at least, and then... Before you know it, be Madden 21. Absolutely. Yeah, can't really say anything better myself, but I'll give it a shot. Um, first of all, um, as your you know, new appointed commissioner, I, I appreciate that. And uh, I am planning on you know doing my best. And uh, I really think uh, this league is awesome, and I'm really excited for where it's going. Like Brad said, the passion and love and, like, seriously, the, like, I, the activity this year seems so much better, and so like we're we're on an insane pace right now. We could probably easily get seven or eight, maybe even more. Like I think we can get eight seasons in, um, and still probably have a month. <laughs> like at the rate we're going, it, it's it's really good, and that 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 activity really says a lot to this this league's passion for the game and also for each other. I think that's more says about our camaraderie. So I want to thank you guys for just you know, sticking with us and, you know, uh, enjoying this podcast and letting us, you know, fill your ears and brains with 
stupid nonsense a lot of the time, but you know, it's a video game and we like playing it and we like uh hanging out with these uh group of guys. So yeah, it's been it's been a fucking blast. All right. All right, Brad. Well, you have yourself a good night. We're gonna gonna say so long and we'll see you guys next time. Cheese and chowder.